You are listening to episode 220 of This is Type 1. Today on Halloween, we are talking about different ways to approach Halloween, specifically as a type 1 diabetic. So I just made my own little list here and spoiler alert, but also disclaimer, I'm not really that into Halloween. And I also haven't done any of the traditional Halloween-y type stuff like dressing up or going trick-or-treating or eating a lot of candy in one night for several, several years. So this is all stuff that I sort of kind of tangentially remember, but also more of a prompt for me to be like, so Jesse, how do you deal with this? <laughs> so the first thing on the list is candy. Now I've seen a bunch of different types of posts out there on Instagram, on the internet, basically giving a breakdown of the carbs in all of the most popular Halloween candies, which is a really great tool to have if you can find it. And I would recommend that if you are a person with type 1 diabetes and someone offers you sugar-free candy, to say no. (laughs) Mostly because it tastes not great. It has all of the artificial sweeteners that we've talked about before that are trying to make it diabetic-friendly, but end up probably causing more problems down the line because it, it is literally a chemical that is not sugar and is trying to be pretend it's sugar. And my own experience with Halloween candy that is sugar-free has been really bad. It's like, you are going to have the runs, you might be hugging the porcelain throne, like all of the things you don't want to be doing on Halloween night. And I think Jesse puts it very well with saying, take the loss (laughs) and just have some candy, like real candy on Halloween and moderate. Do you have anything to add there on on the candy front? Honestly, just put in the work if you're going to eat sugar on Halloween or like go trick-or-treating, make sure your kids are going to put in the work too and they can understand like, hey, we're going to pre-bowl this a little bit. This is something my parents used to do when we went trick-or-treating when I was diabetic. When I was diabetic. When you were a kid. (laughs) When I was a child. (laughs) We would pre-bowl this for X amount of pieces of candy that I could have throughout the night. So we would do a dual wave bolus. So like 15 minutes at like the start of trick-or-treating we would bolus for like three pieces of candy. Another 20 minutes later, it would give like the second way, it would give like the second half of the insulin for another couple pieces of candy. And we would do that like, okay, set limit is going to be four pieces of candy for the night. We're going to be out for four hours or whatever it is. So we're going to set up a dual wave pattern for a bolus. If you're on an insulin pump, this is a great tool. We're going to set up a dual wave bolus so it gives you XYZ amount of insulin over XYZ amount of time. It's really helpful. It makes it really easy on the kids because then they're not being left out. Don't take the sugar-free candy. It's just not worth it. There's so many... (laughs) And it tastes disgusting. Besides the fact that it's not real sugar and it is gross, it's just disgusting. Like It doesn't taste good. Kids know the difference, too, between like a real Reese's peanut butter cup versus the sugar-free tastes like plastic Reese's peanut butter cup. So, And also all the like the keto peanut butter cups or the, the, the keto products that like, this is just like this product, like Reese's or whatever. Yeah. And if you taste them side by side, and I'm actually going to challenge everybody and the parents to do this is actually go get, we're saying don't eat the, the sugar-free candy, but if you want to actually taste the difference, get a full sugar one and get a fake sugar one. I'm just going to call it fake sugar and actually taste them one right after the other to really understand what the difference is in the taste. And then later, how do you feel? 
because I feel pretty bad when I have any kind of artificial sweetener. Erythritol specifically is the one that gets me. But candy in general, I'm okay with it with full sugar because I know how to how to handle the blood sugar rise better than I want to handle the upset stomach or, you know, the being on the toilet and all that lovely stuff that should not be part of Halloween. Yeah, exactly. That and like, even considering the social aspect of it too, diabetic kids already have a lot to deal with. There's a lot of social pressure put on them by like doctors to be really good at being diabetic and then parents also telling them to be kids all at the same time. So just to even try just to try to put in some effort to make it kind of like a sense of normalcy as possible compared to other children is really important for a social aspect as well because that'll give your kids something to relate to and they're not being singled out and there's even a reduced rate of like bullying or teasing for not having like regular sugar stuff and on the blood sugar front if you're really worried about spiking and crashing even if you do pre-bolus something that i've been experimenting with recently and something I learned from glucose goddess on Instagram is to have vegetables before your carbs. And so if you're going out for Halloween and you want to have like a lot of candy, maybe have like a bowl of vegetables before you go out, like as your pre-dinner or as your dinner, and that will slow down the peak of your blood sugar and it will kind of mellow out the, the crash afterward. So this, just as an example, how I figured this out was we got some really fat grapes from Costco and those suckers put my number really, really high, even though I pre-bolus for them, but I had them first. And so I switched up how I ate. I had like snap peas and some other vegetable stuff before all of that. And I had like, so I went grain, uh, vegetables, then grains, and then vegetables, grains, and fats, and then like the straight grapes. And it was yeah. so much more manageable, even though yeah. it was the exact same amount, the order of eating it really, really, ma- really made a difference. Yeah. And that's because your body is actually already in the process of breaking down complex, like sugars or like complex snap peas and stuff like that have yeah. like a more complex, like molecule sc- structure compared to like just the grapes where it's usually just like glucose and water. So then your body's able to like kind of pair the two together in a sense. So it's digesting both of those things at once but since that heavier denser food was already in your system your body's already working and like processing all the foods that's that's so fascinating like the things you learn after 28 years with this condition that's crazy (laughs) okay so the next thing on my list is going out which so i think this is going to be really more for like the college people and like the young 20s peoples because i don't do that And I'm really curious, Jesse, what your opinion is on staying safe with diabetes on Halloween, specifically like going out to parties or something like that. Okay, so (laughs) the first... So I've been in college for three years now, and I have been underaged up until this year. Like I recent, I'm a recent 21 year old, like as of last... (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Like last Tuesday was the 21st birthday. So I don't know like too much about like going out to bars so much. I do know about going out to parties and staying safe just because I was like designated driver for most, most, if not all of them in the last couple of years. The first year that I went out, I was actually in Colorado for Halloween and we dressed up down there because I was at a rugby match. So uh, that night we really didn't get home until like one or 2 AM. So there wasn't like partying or anything. It was my, one of our teammates birthdays. So we like, stopped at a gas station and she got like her first drink 
at a gas station in Wyoming. So that was about it. And then the second last year, there was one party we went to right before Halloween, like the Saturday before. And honestly, I don't get super crazy. I know some people do. I've seen it. But basically, what you want to do is, especially when drinking alcohol and sugar, it's not a good mix. So know, have a friend who knows diabetes really well or knows how or what to do when you're either really high or really low. Give them like a range to look for. Talk to them a couple of weeks beforehand being like, hey, if you don't mind, I'm going to be drinking on the 31st. If you're going to be sober, here's what to do. That gives them time to one, ask questions and make sure that you know that you have somebody who's going to be a designated like person for you. Definitely knowing your limits. And for a lot of younger college people or like newly 21 year olds, there's not a lot of, you don't know your limits. Like you have no idea like what kind of alcohol is going to do what to you. So that's always something to look out for if you're newly 21 or like just learning how to drink is to know, take it easy. You don't need to go crazy. Everybody's going crazy. Just go with the vibe of the atmosphere and, and don't you don't necessarily have to get drunk. <laughs> so it sounds like Halloween is not the holiday to find out what the different alcohols do oh. to you when you're also high on sugar. God no. Jeez. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is like don't mix the two. Like don't do like don't fall for like the sugary drinks. Because it's just, it's going to hurt so much. Because one, so alcohol lowers my blood sugar. I know it does. When my friend took me out and we got like a, I got a huckleberry lemonade because I was like a little tipsy and I was like, let's do it because it was my 21st and I was having fun. So not only did I spike a little bit, but then I plummeted immediately afterwards. I mean, I was in control. I knew what was going on. I wasn't like super plastered. I had like, a shot before that. And that was just like the next drink that I was trying. And I just, I wanted to see what was happening with the blood sugar. I wanted to learn. I knew I was okay. I knew I was safe. And I knew I was with somebody who also knew how to take care of me, which is such a huge factor. But like mixing sugar and alcohol, one, gives you such a gnarly hangover in the morning. (laughs) Two, it's going to make you throw up. If you drink too much, that will make you throw up. I was Again, this is not from personal experience. This is from me taking care of people who have oh, okay. had like done this. And it's disgusting. And it's not fun for the friend who has to help you. And it's just, it's not fun for your diabetes. It does more harm than good when it comes to those kind of drinks. And then just take it slow. Just have fun. And like, you don't have to get drunk all at once. Like do a bunch of drinking all at once and like just go crazy. But always make sure you have a designated driver and that you're safe. Those are like the two biggest things that I could ever say about bringing alcohol or any kind of like inebriation substance, anything like you always want to make sure you're somewhere safe or you have someone who can get you home safe. Cause there's, there's just so many accidents and so much stuff that can go wrong and you go out and you don't have that person for you. Kind of a side note about the plummeting after alcohol, cause alcohol also lowers my blood sugar. Is if you go, if you have like like a biological low, which is under 55 MG, MGDL, then you're more likely to experience more lows in the next 24 hours because your glycogen stores from your liver have been exhausted and you don't have something to like help catch you if you go low again. 
So that's something to to watch out for is if you are going low on Halloween from your alcohol and sugar and all that lovely stuff plus <laughs> insulin, then on November 1st, make sure you are watching your blood sugar extra closely. Yeah. And that's when you want, like, this is a trick that another diabetic friend of mine taught me when she turned, or she's older than I am by like two years. But she always told me whenever you're going out and like the next day, just have a tube of frosting with you, like pick out a flavor you like and just have it with you. So then when you start to feel low or when you know you're going to go low, you're going to continue to drop because of your liver is just like completely depleted. So that's your body's way of regenerating itself is like get more sugar and you regenerate those like those stores is just to have frosting because then you can just take it out and like put a little bit in your cheek and it fixes your problem for a little while. And then you can just keep doing that until your blood sugar plateaus. Well, that's a great idea. I got turned on to glucose SOS, which is like a a powder packet. And I got turned on that after the the camp in Colorado, which was awesome. And now I have, I bought the 72 pack of these things. They're so good. So I just have them in my purse and, and, backpack and stuff. So that's like another good option. It's probably less convenient than like a tube of frosting just to stick in your in your mouth. But if you like need something that you don't have to chew and you need it all at once, then those glucose SOS packets are pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So what about pumps and costumes? Because I have not dressed up, as I said, for a very long time. My pump is either in a holster on my belt or on my pants or it's tucked into my bra if I'm wearing a dress. So yeah. like, what are the options for putting your pump in an easily accessible location if you're wearing a costume? Yeah. So, oh gosh, this is such a tricky question to ask because there's so many places that you can like hide your pump and then you can always, it's always the accessibility. That's always the hardest thing to do because yeah. I've been in costumes before where like, I don't have easy access. Like I need to go to the bathroom, take off a bra or like some part of a costume to like get even just to get access to like see what the alarm was and then I have to go solve it and then the alarm might go off another five minutes later like so that that kind of those costumes those are the ones to avoid so anything that like is like an inflatable running around costume like have you seen those inflatable dinosaurs oh those are my favorites yes those are so hard (laughs) to be like oh I need a snack I need sugar can somebody please you can't do that in those Pretty much, except for like deflating the whole thing and then reinflating it, which doesn't seem like a lot of fun. But for me, my general go-to is like, I wear like spandex under, if I'm wearing a dress or like a costume that is like a dress, I'll wear spandex under them. Two years ago, I went as a ghost. So I literally just put, I cut holes in a tablecloth and just put it over me. And like, that's what I was at the Colorado game because I didn't know what else to do. (laughs) The year or last year, what was I? I did something with my friend. Oh yeah, I was Tinkerbell. I just had a green dress and just threw on some fairy wings and just went with it. That was a lot of fun, actually. Generally speaking, though, I just let my pump out. I mean, everybody I'm around knows I'm diabetic. They know what my pump is. They know not to mess with it. So there's no really like big questions about it. Usually, the issue comes from like falling or like getting my patch hooked on some part of my costume and it's getting torn off. So definitely keeping that in mind, fishnet leggings are not your best friend when your sight is on your leg because it will get yanked off 100% and it will hurt. <laughs> it's not going to be like a fun little like, oh, it's off. It's going to be slow and pulled out and you're not going to be able to get to it. Or your friend's going to be like, you've got fishnets and like pull on them and then it's going to hurt and yank off. Aww. So 
Yeah, definitely don't be doing that one. I do yeah. like go to costume growing up when I just didn't want to dress up was I dressed like myself and like I'm a homicidal maniac. They look like everyone else. <laughs> I feel like that's something Wednesday Adams would do too. Well, I mean, Wednesday Adams is her own costume anyway. So it really yes. is. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. For me, I don't really go super crazy anymore. It just I don't know. I'm 21 years old. I <laughs> will just go to my friend's house and we'll hand out candy. You know, like I I don't really dress up too much anymore, but those are the tricks that I would do. It's pretty much the same thing that I would do for when I was wearing dresses or like homecoming or something like that. Either stick in the bra or just wear shorts under and tuck the your pump inside of your like spandex pretty much. Okay. Yeah. I guess a tip for kids that are, and parents that I just thought of is making sure that the pump or whatever the device is, is tucked in such a place that the signal to the PDM or the receiver is not blocked so that the parents can like walk around behind them with those things and still keep track of the blood sugars. And oh, yeah. like, oh, your your cardboard costume that we slaved over for 10 months is now blocking the signal. And now I can't actually see what your blood sugar is. This is a problem. <laughs> Very true. I never had that issue just because I'm on Medtronic and Medtronic really does a good job at making sure the connection stays really secure. Between the pump and the sensor. I'm thinking so. more of tandem where you're, the screen has to be facing away from your body in order to connect to your receiver or the, the transmitter on your arm or your leg or wherever. Because the Bluetooth signal comes out the front. It's, yeah, it's, oh, that's it's bizarre. Weird. Yeah, that's so, so that's, weird. Cause, yeah, because my pump now connects to my phone. Like once I, up, once I actually do that. Mm-hmm. But like once I update it, it's, it's just connected. Like I can... I can be like up to 50 feet away and it's totally fine. Like I can be like standing in front of something and my phone will still get my blood sugar. Well, maybe uh, tandem, maybe take a pointer from Medtronic on specifically (laughs) anything else. But the other thing is for tandem in particular, I've found with my experience that the pump also needs to be on the same side of the body as your transmitter and sensor. So if you're in a costume where you have like your pump on one side and your sensor on the other. You'll want to find a place on the sensor side of the body to tuck the pump with the screen facing out so that it can still connect to each other. And then your phone can read it and your, your receiver can read it or whatever. That's so weird. Yeah. I know Uh, that's really interesting. I'll have lost connection sometimes like in the middle of the night. Like if I forget which side of my body, my, my sensor is on, like I might stick it in, in the right side and it's on the left. And then I wake up in the middle of the night. It's like, I lost connection, even though the screen is pointing out. I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So it's like, okay, well, at least it's not a compression low. Yeah, there you go. Okay. And then the last thing that I have on my list for today is staying up late. Now, whenever we stay up late, especially if we have pre-programmed insulin profiles in our pumps, we might experience an unexpected high or an unexpected low just based on what your basal profile is. So maybe a trick for this is to kind of guesstimate how late you're going to stay up and then create a new profile for that and then activate that profile before you go out. So you're not trying to play catch up with blood sugars as your basal is either cranking up the insulin or turning it down. I know I have really dialed in my overnight basals. And so if I was ever going to stay up until like 1 or 2 a.m., which would never happen because I am old and all that lovely stuff if that ever did happen, then I would have something to go to. 
And mm-hmm. I would just put like a note, uh, like a reminder on my phone the next morning to change it back to the original profile. So I don't go into the next night being like, oh, I have the wrong basal. And now my blood sugars overnight are crap again. So that's like my main tip for staying a plate. Do you have any? I don't know. In college, you pull so many late nights and all nighters. <laughs> I've kind of only ever done rich. one all nighter in my life. Oh. And that was not in college, but I did stay up pretty late sometimes. So oh, yeah, that's. I've done a couple. They're not pleasant experiences. Like, so for all you high schoolers who are listening to this, it's not pleasant when you hit the real world and you want sleep. You sleep is your best friend. Like you don't want to be up. But yeah, probably the best thing I could say is like just have a bunch of like low snacks with you next to your bed because your basal profile will generally be different if you have Don phenomenon, which I do, which so for those of you who don't know what dawn phenomenon is, it's like when you're, you are waking up. So when you're dawning, your blood sugar also naturally increases. So my basal pattern, generally speaking, is set up so that it increases around the usual time where I wake up and decreases as the day goes on. But when I sleep in, it will lower my blood sugar. So when I'm not waking up, it's also not waking up or it's also going up the basal pattern is so my blood sugar is going to go down okay if that makes sense yeah i haven't really had that much of a problem with that in particular since i'm on the tandem which is the like the control iq and specifically with their sleep mode since i've turned that on basically 100 percent of the time i've barely ever had a problem with my blood sugar going too low with my basal rate going high in the morning because it keeps it really really steady which is nice and that's but the same thing with the Medtronic sensor too, is like I'm in auto mode a hundred percent of the time. So it won't do that, which I, honestly, if you're not on the pump, you should definitely get on the pump because it has these really cool features. So if you're on shots, it might be a little different for you, but for being on the pump and being either in I, basal IQ, is that what it's called? Uh, so c- there's control IQ, which is the tandem version of auto mode, but I'm talking yeah. specifically about tandem's sleep mode. Which, right. which means it's a more aggressive basal, but it modulates it better. So I don't do, um, I don't get auto boluses anymore because I turned off, like it's it's all on sleep mode, which is great yeah. because I don't have those random drops because it's thinking that I'm going to go high and then it gives me insulin. I'm like, oh no, and I'm going low and then it stops everything. Right. So with that in particular, like sleep mode being on all the time, I barely experience the going low if I sleep in because of my basal. Yeah. Yeah, and automo is the same way. It'll automatically catch those lows before you actually go low. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. It doesn't have like a sleep mode. It just in real time fixes all of those issues. So that's interesting. But yeah, so yeah, definitely see being in auto mode is probably the biggest control IQ yeah. or the biggest tools that you could use. All right. Any other tips or insight for our people listening about Halloween? Stay safe and have fun. <laughs> Those are about the only two things I can say about anything like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's holidays when you want to go out and you want to go with your friends and be with people and something that's out of your routine. You just have to work a little bit harder and keep your butchers like maybe not in as tight as a tolerance, but within a safe range of like, say, 250 to 80, you know, and just really make sure you're staying in that range will be your biggest help. Yep. So stay safe, have fun. And also if your blood sugar is wildly off and you still feel like crap afterward, you can give yourself grace and forgive yourself and move on because 
one day of bad blood sugars is not going to ruin the rest of your life. Okay, now it's your turn. What are you guys doing for Halloween? Do you have any tips for type 1 diabetics on how to successfully navigate the candy and the late nights? If you do, we would love to hear them in the comments. Remember, you control your diabetes. It doesn't control you. Hey, if you like what you're listening to on this podcast, you have to join us in the Half Dead Pancreas Club. It's my private community where you'll connect face-to-face with other people with type 1 diabetes, get personalized emotional support, and learn how to handle anything T1D throws at you. Join us over at inspiredforward.com community. I can't wait to see you there.